Yes, sir. We live in the 405. Welcome back to another installment of the Thundergrass Podcast. I'm your host for today, Miles H-R-H-A to the R-T to the M-A-N. Join with me, as always, is Mr. Michael Martin. Mike, what's good, bro? I'm doing all right. I had a tough time trying to figure out that you were spelling your last name there for a second, but yeah, you know, it's switch early. Out. Switch I like, out, you know, I like it. You know, I was, I wasn't the best at spelling. I mean, I didn't get that many looks in the spelling bee. I didn't go far. But you but, know. but you're here in college. You're about to graduate. Feel me? Like that's all that matters. Let them know. Right. Feel me? But anyways, <laughs> the Thunder lost last night in back-to-back games against the Houston Rockets. And fell to them 114 to 110. SGA dropped 39 points. Okay, impressive. Lou Dort dropped 19 and 2. And JRE added 12 and 9 as the starting five. Now, Mike, what's some of the good, bad, and ugly that you saw at the game last night? I mean, you mentioned it coming off top. Shea getting 39. That's the good. Shea getting back on track and looking like an all-star for the first time in a while. I love seeing him in attack mode, just constantly getting downhill, drawing double teams. He was scoring no matter what the Rockets were throwing at him. Double teams, triple teams, didn't matter. He was using you know, his great ability in his ability to get to the line and put pressure on the rim. And then, like I mentioned, he's getting a lot of those double teams and he's able to kick out to shooters who are making a lot of... They actually weren't making a lot of open shots. He had the giddy stat line where you have two assists, but you probably should have had ten. Yeah. But Shea, um, it looked like in person it stood out as – because I, I was fortunate enough to get to go to the game. It was it stood out as a defender for him and as a passer. You could see steady improvements since last year and even the years before. Um, he was great, though. 12 of 18 from the mid-range. That's crazy. Dang. Uh, 14 of 16 for the line, only one of eight from three, so not that good. But only one turnover on that amount of usage and all that they asked him to uh, do was pretty crazy. So that's my good. As far as bad, Jay Sean Tate going off for 30. Can't let that happen. 11 of 15 from two, another mid-range assassin like Shea, 9 out of 10 for the line. But he dominated like a five-minute span towards the end of the game, which just won Houston the game. Um, he had 10 boards, 7 assists, 2 steals, and 5 blocks. He just filled up the stat sheet every which way. And then for the ugly, Miles, Drake was at that game. <laughs> the one Thunder game Drake will ever go to, and the Thunder lost. That is ugly. The Thunder have two Canadians on their team who both played really well, and the Thunder still can't get a win in front of Drake. The Thunder have been here since 2009 drake didn't come here to watch kevin durant russell westbrook james harden chris paul paul george you know you know what i call that what god's plan we get the number one pick we better hey but guess what you know that's the motto though you know Mm -hmm. laugh now cry later I, I might be just in my feelings a little bit. You know, these are all just these, Drake references. These jokes you know? are just for you. This really? is just for you later when you, you know, listen to I'm gonna it. You know, I'm going to just I'm gonna just add that in for myself. But yeah, are you done with the I'm, ugly? I'm, with yes. The, okay. My the good for me was I thought Drake being there was a good thing. I thought it was a good thing. I thought it was ugly that the Thunder lost the one game okay. he's there. You're right. That's true. That's true. But I mean, when was, is Drake gonna be there again? I mean, he was on his worst behavior. He was just. Posting up with peop- old Man. people, just saying, this is my new parents, and 
It was just, it was just funny Honorary to see that, Oklahoma though. Honorary Oklahoma Drake. Oh, word? Already? Already. Dang. That's okay. all it takes. But no, a, a good, though, would have to be just overall great performance from SGA, really. I mean, him going off and just dropping that many points in the game and just taking over and just, you know, being the elite scorer that he is, it's just great to see. I mean, he's it's only up from here as far as, like, SGA's performances and understanding that he's going to be the guy for this franchise for a long time. So, I mean, I think he's taking pride in that, and it's great to see him coming coming into his own. Really, I would like more wins, but, I mean, this is a start. We're, we're heading in the right direction. And the fact that, you know, Josh Giddy was out too, so him holding it down for himself, you know, understanding I need to be the guy, I need to step up and do the right thing, and playing a nearly flawless game, only having one turnover, that was, that was great to see, though. But a bad would have to be letting the Rockets drop 41 points in the fourth. Like, y'all got to understand how to close out games, man. That's, that's not a good thing. That's, that's tough to see. The Thunder have to get better defensively at the start of the game and at the finish of games. I mean, things have to, um, things have to turn around for the better. And, I mean, I 41 points? This is not even a good team. Like, what's their record? Their record, what, what? They got less than 10 wins? Five. They won four straight. Something's got to get. Something's got to. Something's got to give, man. I I don't know what's the issue with them dropping forty one in the in the fourth quarter, but that can't happen, man. And I mean, an ugly. You mentioned it. This was actually your bad, but this is my ugly. Jay Sean Tate cannot drop thirty two points. Mind you, not only did he drop thirty two, he had a double double. He added ten rebounds and seven assists. And the fact that Christian Wood started and didn't even score, but you let Jayshon Tate go off, don't don't get me wrong, he's not a scrub. I mean, but this isn't a guy that I don't think the Rockets are building around like KPJ and Jalen Green moving forward, but this can't happen. I, I don't know what got into bro. I think his girlfriend was in the stands or something he saw like Drake. that. I guess <laughs> I guess, but my man, bro, was on his worst behavior last night. But hey, shout out to Jay Sean Tate, though. But moving forward, though, as we mentioned earlier, rookie sensation Josh Giddy was out, and the time, and right now, the timetable of him being out is uncertain. Um, with he him being out with the flu, Josh Giddy, hope you get better. You know, hopefully, you're at home making TikToks, you know, doing your thing, feel me. But Ricky Trey Man got to start in place of him. Now, Mike, what was was this a good move to start Trey, Trey Mann, or should have somebody else been inserted in the starting lineup? I like Trey Mann in the starting lineup. I like the changeup from Coach Mark Dignall, just rewarding guys for building on good habits. Um, they talked a while ago, I think Mark Dignall did, that like in order for guys like Trey Mann to get to eat like their Skittles or whatever, they got to eat broccoli first. They got to play defense if you want to play offense. And you can tell that Trey Mann has taken that seriously as he really looks like he's trying really, really hard on the defensive end, and it looks like he's found where his shots should come from on offense. Um, obviously, the Thunder aren't better without Josh Giddy, but you could see some of the offense function a little bit better without him out there just because Trey Mann's a better off-ball player as a shooter, and that allows for Shea to drive a little bit more. But I like Trey Mann in the starting lineup, and I hope he starts again tonight. Really? You would want him to to start again? Yeah, if Giddy's not going to be in there tonight, then why not? 
do you think that you know Denard would be like, let me insert Kenrich Williams or? I think Kenrich is still out with that ankle injury. Dang. From a couple games ago, but I mean, you could start Maladon, you could start even Poku if you want. Ty Jerome, I think, needs to come off the bench and those bench units. But Trey Mann, I thought played well. I mean, he had 11 points in his starting debut in a game. He came out, you know, firing early. He hit two of two on threes. He was getting to the rim. He was getting to the free throw line. I don't see a big reason why not to start him again. You love to see it, though. I mean, just adding on to what you said, it was, it was just great seeing the rook at a UF just do his thing last night. I mean, he had a solid night dropping 11 and two. And a lot of people. When they looked at Trey Mann, they had their doubts about him. I mean, saying he was too small in frame. His game isn't going to translate well. Coming from the SEC, which isn't like the best conference for college basketball, to the NBA. But, I mean, you could tell that assignment that he had with OKC Blue definitely helped him out a lot and made him more comfortable whenever he steps on the floor. So, I mean, it was just great to see him, him do his thing out there. I mean, like you mentioned, the more you say it, I'm starting to agree with it. I would want I would want to see him start again tonight. I I wouldn't mind it. I mean, what do you lose? Right, you know. So, but switching over, another player who hasn't been performing at his best lately. I mean, we're only calling him out for the better. I'm I'm talking about forward Darius Baisley, my guy. What's going on? I mean, he just hasn't been the same. I, whenever you look at his production on the court and even in the box score, dropping only four points last night and four again uh, the other night when the Thunder played at Houston. So, Mike, what do you think is up with Bays? Nothing's wrong with him. He's just not that good. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> he, what? This is – okay, look. He's solid and he's a smart defender. And on offense, he's a – what is he on offense? He attacks the rim. He's good at catching lobs, getting some putbacks, some fast breaks, and a few drives. But other than that, like he's not a consistent shooter from any range. He doesn't have a post-up game. He's not a f- great free-throw shooter, and he doesn't get to the line a lot. It's just it's a very big mystery on what he is on offense because he's not a great ball handler either, and you don't necessarily want him making decisions. We've said it over and over and over, but I, he needs to just simplify his role, and he keeps trying to do too much. And then most importantly, you know, he doesn't shoot the three well, which is his swing skill. If he's going to stay in the NBA and play like 10, 15 years like somebody like Jeff Green, you are going to have to shoot the three. And unfortunately, this season, it does not seem like he can shoot the three. Well, let's say if he does develop a shot like Lou Dort did this offseason, would would you want to see him be a part of this young core moving forward for the Thunder? So I don't know about you. Maybe we can go back and forth. But it's far as like the young core of guys who I want I don't even know that he's in my top five really because I mean you have Shea Dort Giddy are your top three that, that goes without saying yeah. yeah but then after that I mean I value Trey Mann more than him I value JRE more than him I think Poku has a higher ceiling than him it's Poku and him are kind of like it's just I'm gonna give it to Bay splitting, if it's, it's if splitting hairs on what you like more I'm going to go with Bays over Poku at this mm-hmm. point. But, I mean, him. he's not even in the top five. I mean, he might be the sixth. And especially with all these picks coming in for the Thunder, there's going to be even more and more pressure for him to get better or they're just going to move him out of the way so they can get another young guy in who they think has a better chance of reaching um, his ceiling. Well, what do you think 
what do you think can help him going forward? Is it like his – you think he needs to build more muscle? I mean, obviously, he's attacking the rim. I mean, he's he, we've seen it time and time again early on in the season that he's not afraid to go at other players as far as, like, having his way and getting creating shots for himself. But, I mean, what do you think he needs to improve on? I don't – they talk a lot about guys like Shea, Luca, Chris Paul, Harden, who aren't like the quickest guys, but they, they use angles well. Darius Baisley does not use angles well in terms of when he drives and gets to the lane, he gets blocked a lot just because he's not going at it the right way. And some of these things, it's like he's either trying to dunk over Joel Embiid or he's trying to completely avoid contact, and you've got to find like the middle ground there. And then just, you know, his shot more than anything, like I mentioned, is the most important thing, and he needs to get consistent from there. And probably just, I don't know, him being left-handed changes some things because mechanics just look different because it's backwards. But he just needs to, it seems like his shot is kind of slow or he just doesn't have a lot of confidence in it, which I don't blame him. He's not making shots, but you got to find ways to get that confidence back because him going out there and being... Andre Robertson and just getting eight rebounds and playing hard defense is not enough to justify extending him in this offseason. That's true. But, I mean, you got to understand, he's only 21 years of age. He's only 21, but he's in his third year, and at some point you have to show enough flashes to, I don't know, warrant being warrant still being on the roster. Like, you got to prove it at some point. It can't just be all potential. I just – I don't know. I, I believe in Baisley. I understand that, you know, pl- there's a thing where players get in slumps, and I feel like he's in a slump right now. You can't be in a slump for three years. I don't – okay, ar- early on in the season, he was performing at a high level, and you under- and you know that. Come on. He had a couple of games. It's been like out of 20 games, he's maybe had two good games. I just feel like he's he's getting better every year. And so I have faith in him. That's what I'm gonna go with. So I hope you're right. I I would <laughs> much rather the Thunder have too many good players, but I just don't see it right now. You're right. You're right. Well, I wish Bay is nothing but the best. We are rocking. We are rocking with you over here at the Thundergrass Podcast. So nothing but the best of luck, my guy. But um, moving forward tonight, the Thunder head to the 901 to face the Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant. Now, Mike, give the people a little preview of what to expect. First, did you Google the area code for Memphis just for that? No, that's another Drake lyric We're in oh. that song, Look Alive. 901 Chevy Drive, Look Alive, Look Alive. I feel no? so uncultured next to you, and I I claim to be a Drake fan. I just... It's all right. I mean... I'm sorry. you got to give me... Okay. Well, the, I'll teach you some I'll, flavor. I'll get back to the Grizzlies pregame. I'll give you a little flavor later. You <laughs> feel me? All right. Go ahead. You know, no jaw the last couple of games. He's been injured. They've actually gone undefeated without jaw, which has been kind of surprising. But I just want to know, you know, who's going to step up for the Grizzlies? Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain have all been really, really good. I wonder who Lou Dort uh, lines up against because obviously Jaw's not there. So how's that going to work? And then you have a Canadian battle between Shea and Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is kind of their version of Lou Dort. So he's going to try to do his best to make it really, really hard on Shea. And then another just great challenge for JRE guarding somebody like Jaron Jackson Jr., who's not a traditional five, who goes out there and does things on the perimeter. And as far as for the Thunder, also, I just want to know who's going to step up offensively outside of Shea. 
they are going to need points, and it can't just be Shea gets 35, Dort gets 18, and then you have like fives across the board. Someone's going to have to step up. Hopefully it's somebody like Trey Mann. Maybe JRE catches heat from three. Maybe it's your guy Baisley. Maybe we finally get the Poku game. Ty Jerome was great yesterday, but someone's going to have to help um, fill in some points if the Thunder won any chance of winning this one. How dare you talk about the Memphis Grizzlies and not mention Thunder legend Stephen Adams? I was going to get to that. Were you? No. Hey, come on now. Really? Well, uh, where, where do you want me to fit in <laughs> Stephen Adams? Do you want me to just go? And by the way, if you're really into rotations, they have this backup five who does a couple of things. Oh, no, he's starting. He's starting now? Yeah. They got uh, Triple J at the four. They really don't want to play him with a five. <laughs> But now, going to what you said, I mean, I expect a big game at the FedEx Arena. That's what they're called now. The, I mean, they've been called that, but, you know, I just I just know these things. Just going to let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Memphis guy. I mean, I, I've never been there, but I want to, though, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I look at this Grizzlies roster, and, I mean, they got a lot of underrated players. I mean, one that sticks out to me. TCU legend Desmond Bain. My guy is tough. He's looking good. Like, I think he's starting to understand that his game can translate from the Big 12 to the NBA, and he can dominate at this high level. So, I mean, I'm, I am I watched him when he was at the Horn Frogs. He was a problem. He's more than a 3 and D guy, too. That's what he's I'm saying. He's got some other stuff. Like, he has more value to this team, and with Ja being out, he's definitely holding it down for them. So, shout out to D-Bain, man. But other than that, you got – like you mentioned, guys like Dylan Brooks, Triple J, you got Slow Mo, Kyle Anderson off the bench. You got DeAnthony Melton, Brandon Clark. These are all high level, underrated players. So, I mean, this is going to be a, a dogfight between them and the Thunder. So, I'm excited for that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, if you're pro tank, this would be another great one for the Thunder to lose. I mean, they get two off Houston in the reverse standing. So, I mean, they instantly win the tiebreaker against Houston in the draft. But we'll see. Um, I'm really – I've enjoyed watching this Thunder team this year. Yeah. But, um, all right, moving we'll on. See. We'll, we'll see. We'll see tonight. We'll see. We'll see. Moving on. It is time for one of our favorite segments of the show. What are you doing? where we discussed something that we saw earlier this week that was absurd or strange and want to bring light to it. And now, Mike, what is something that you saw that made you go, what are you doing? We've already talked about this team, but it's, it's the Houston Rockets. Okay. Houston Rockets, what are you doing? You're trying to tank. <laughs> You've won four in a row. Like, I, how do you not know how to lose? It can't be that hard. You just – don't play good players, which your roster is made up of not many good players. Like I mentioned, you win four in a row, including you beat the Bulls. Jalen Green hasn't even played during that four-game stretch. He got injured like two minutes into the first game of that. You know, it's one thing to beat the Thunder, who aren't a great team, but beating good teams like the Bulls. The Rockets, what are you doing? You're going to try to tank, and you're not going to play John Wall. You're going to do all these things just to win four in a row. I don't think you're understanding what you're supposed to be doing. Thunder tank kings forever over the Rockets. Rockets, what are you doing? I like that one. That was a little – I didn't expect that, really. But, okay, I'm going to go ahead and go. Now, 
y'all know I'm a big Miami Heat fan. You know, I don't know if you know, but I am. This is a shock. Really? I guess it's uh, new to everybody. So, but yeah, you know, the Miami Heat played the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. It was at South Beach. It was at the... I forgot that it was the American Airlines. It's not that anymore. It's, it's not FTX Arena. Oh, yeah. You got to stay up to date with these things, bro. Come on now. I feel <laughs> just outmatched. But yeah, the Heat played the Cavs last night. You know, Jimmy's out. Bam's out due to injury. I think he's having like thumb surgery. Bam, hope you get well soon, you know. But I was under the assumption, you know, those are our two best players. So. I was under the assumption that our sharpshooter, Duncan Robinson, was going to show up. Mike, I was wrong. MIA? Duncan Robinson, what are you doing? You're MIA and MIA. Come on now. Like, he went for work for 20 minutes, started at that, and had the same amount of stats as me, if you look at the box score. I mean, he, he was there. He, he started. He showed up. He started. He was there. Did he do anything? No. He went to work for 20 minutes, had zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists. I think I looked at the stat. It was like six for – it was like 0 for 7 from the three. It was – Yeah, he didn't even play. He just got some cardio in. Like, for real, though, like, that's that's crazy. And, I mean, D-Rob just inked a five-year contract worth 90 mil this past summer. And this is what you showcase? Duncan Robinson, what are you doing? You're just robbing Pat Riley blind at this point. Like, worse than Hassan Whiteside. Not for <laughs> Don't you ever mention Hassan Whiteside's name on this podcast again. Stop. What if we're talking about the Jazz? No. Okay. No. I tried. Okay, no. All right. Almost gave me a headache there. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Now, just fast forward, just going back in time a little bit. Before the Chicago Bulls and the Miami Heat signed their big-name players in free agency in Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry, they were accused of tampering with them before signing and are now punished by having to give up their second-round picks. Now, Mike, what are some of your thoughts on this, really? This was a slap on the wrist for the Bulls and the Heat. Like, if you – if the price of doing business is that you get a guy – the if you get a guy at the level of Kyle Lowry or Alonzo Ball and all you have to give up is a pick in the 50s, like a guy like Aaron Wiggins. So if the Thunder just didn't have Aaron Wiggins and could have Alonzo Ball, that's something I'm doing. They didn't really give – they didn't hit them hard at all. I'm not saying it needs to be like – do you remember the Joe Smith controversy with Minnesota back in, like, 2000 or something? I actually don't. Can you refresh my memory? Okay, so Joe Smith was with Minnesota. It was right after KG signed, like, one of the most, like, lucrative deals ever. And they signed Joe Smith, and what they wanted to do is to keep their bill low. So what they did is they paid him under the table. They sent they signed him to, like, a vet minimum and then paid him under the table, which the league found out about, which is against the CBA – and the Timberwolves were fined $3 million at the time and lost their next five first-round picks, which debilitated the organization. I'm not saying you should do that, but 
depending on how severe it is, I think it should go one to two first round picks. If if you're if you want this to stop as the NBA, if you want tampering to stop, then you're gonna have to make harsher punishments. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. I feel like you know they didn't really they didn't really lose much. I mean, in a case where you lose a second round pick that turns out to be like a Draymond Green or like a high level player like that, I mean, you're not really missing out on much. I I feel like it didn't really hit them as hard. Like if you're gonna punish me, punish me harder. Like what type of punishment is that? Like I mean, it didn't really make sense to me. I mean, that's just what it is. I mean, a lot of players have said it. The NBA is a business. And how are you gonna punish me for doing my job? Well, I mean you're doing it before the rules of free agency for that's for one. I mean, these are the CBA and the things that all these guys agreed to, so you need to probably follow the rules. I know that not everyone does, but there are certain things where it's like, you know, free agency opens at 1 o'clock, and at 1.01, Kyle Lowry is signed with the Heat. They've discussed all the terms of a contract and a sign-and-trade in one minute. It's like, really? Did you? This wasn't going on for months or whatever? It sort of sounds like this Lincoln-Riley yeah. situation. Yeah, it's like I, they just called me this morning and offered me the job, <laughs> and I just uprooted my whole family. We moved there. Is that I, right, Kyle Lowry? You moved countries? You did all this <laughs> stuff? It's like, yeah, it just happened like five minutes ago. I didn't talk to my wife or anything. I forgot he was in a whole different country. Yeah, he was in a whole different country. That's crazy. One minute later after free agency started, it's like, oh, I just, I've agreed to these terms. My agent just sent them to me, and I just agreed. I didn't even look at them. Shout out Kyle Lowry, man. Also, that's crazy about how you like this. You think about the situation and how it translates to the whole Lincoln Riley thing, too, as well. It's like, dang, I, mean, I know obviously this isn't what. Quit making me sad. Oh, my bad. My bad. Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> New York Knicks guard, Cameron Walker, is having some issues. I mean,. With the front office, there's a lot of trade rumors going around saying he may be a trade target for and maybe end up in destinations like Houston, Philly, Miami. Mike, what are your thoughts on this? And what do you where would you want to see Kemba go from here? Well, first off, no wonder the Thunder couldn't trade him at thirty million dollars. I mean, the Knicks are trying to trade him at eight million and it is not going well. I did have a couple of trade ideas for you. Here, first two, uh, I don't have as much as many notes on, but the third one I like. So Kemba for Serge. Clippers get Clippers? another. Yeah, the Clippers get another guard who can play on or off the ball, for those things where it's like if Reggie Jackson's off. Hopefully Kemba Walker can just replace all of the Eric Bledsoe minutes because Eric Bledsoe's been really really bad. And then the next get ex- an expiring deal. Hmm. Never really thought about that. I always just assumed, you know, when I first when you first mentioned it, I was like. That's too many guards at the at like. You if they're know. gonna go all in on small ball, why not? And Serge isn't gonna play this year. He's out with a back injury. No, I thought he was. In, I thought he was in. Yeah, he's back. Okay, he was well, playing yeah. in the G League. Now he's back. Oh, okay. He's doing the Clay Thompson route. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe they want Serge back. Spinning to a different one. Hopefully, this guy does want to be traded. Kemba for Terrence Ross. In on Orlando. Magic. Ooh. Yeah. So. Um, Terrence Ross, maybe the Knicks give up a lightly protected first or something alongside Kemba, but Terrence Ross, you get another guy who's a really good shooter, pretty good scorer, who can play on the wing and just space the floor for guys like R.J. Barrett 
and Julius Randle. Kimball Walker goes to the Magic. They don't even really – they could just buy him out straight up and just take the pick. That New York backcourt with him and Cole Anthony, that's mm-hmm. going to be tough. Markel Fultz and uh, – Mo Bamba. R.J. Hampton. Right. Wendell right. Carter. The land of misfit toys over there. I'm actually not upset at that. I'm, I like that. Th- that's maybe my best one. The best one oh. I say for last. Kemba and Kevin Knox for Eric Gordon. I like that one because Eric Gordon has three years, $18 million left. He's a guy who can actually help the Knicks in the playoffs as they want to play like sizable wings. He can play more of that role that they want Kemba to play. Uh, they wanted Kemba to play in New York because they can give the ball handling duties to guys like Derrick Rose and Emmanuel quickly and just have Eric Gordon out there who's a 3 and D wing. But he can handle the ball. He can pass a little bit. He's a really versatile guy. He was a very big contributor on a lot of those Rockets teams that went pretty deep in the playoffs. So if you're the Knicks and you want to make noise in the playoffs, why not get a solid guy like that who can actually help you instead of Kimba who's just going to sit on your bench. As far as the Rockets, they get rid of that giant salary of Eric Gordon who's making 18 a year for three more years. They get to just do a test drive on Kevin Knox and see if they want to extend him. But uh, they get Kemba, who's another former all-star like John Wall, who they're just not going to play. And I know they're cool with that. So maybe John Wall and Kemba can hang out, start a podcast. (laughs) What would Kemba and John Wall have to talk about? How bad Houston is. (laughs) How they're not playing. What it used to be in 2010. I'm sorry, you have a week on that one. That was funny. Well, I like that, though. <laughs> what about you, though? What What's happening with Kemba? Man, that's tough, though. I mean, if you look at this Knicks roster, you got, aside from him, of course, you got, you know, D. Rose is doing his thing. You got the young guard, Emmanuel Quickly, doing his thing. I'm, I'm just talking about specifically at the guard spot. You got Fournier. You got Alec Burks. You got a lot of these guys that can hoop, and I'm just like, Dang, Kemba's really getting lost in the mix, though. That's I he's not it. playing good enough defense, and he's had one of the worst plus minuses in the league. Unfortunately, I, I really wanted him going to New York, going back to his hometown, the crib. You know, I really wanted that to work, but I mean, it's it's just not working out. But really, it, it reminds me of like when Stephon Marbury went back to the Knicks to play for his hometown. I mean, it just didn't work out. But I personally feel like, hmm. I'm going to have to go with, as far as where I want Kemba to go, I like him on the Clippers. I ain't going to lie. Like, I really can see him playing alongside a a talent, a, a great talent in PG-13. You know, you're making guys like Terrence Mann better, making guys like Luke Kennard better. I mean, you might have to give up something, like a, a first-round pick or whatever, but I feel like, you know, if you insert Kemba on that Clippers roster, you can, y'all can make some noise. I don't think it would take a lot to get him either. Like I mentioned, just Serge is expiring because I don't think the Knicks want to pay Kemba $8 million a year for two more years. Kemba's value is not very big, so I don't think you'd even have to give up a first. You could probably just do a second. Like a second-round pick? Yeah. Hmm. Because, I mean, he the Knicks are trying to make the playoffs, and Tibbs has straight up said, you are not in the rotation right now. So if I'm a contender or somebody who thinks they're going to make a run in the playoffs and he can't even get minutes on the Knicks, then why am I going to give up a lot of stuff for him? Yeah, that's that's tough, man. I, I hate to see this happen to Kemba because you got to understand when he was in Charlotte, he was a problem. UConn, Kemba, 
cardiac Kemba. Yes. That's what they called him. Yes, sir. <laughs> but um, moving forward, wish nothing but the best for Kemba. I hope he goes to the right place moving forward. So moving on. Now, the Phoenix Suns are just blazing hot right now. The Valley Boys, if you will. They are now currently on a 17-game winning streak as they defeated the Warriors, who I picked the other night. Hmm? You sure did. Uh, if y'all don't know, we'll, we'll give y'all a picks update, a little sneak peek. Mike is tied with me? We're tied. We're, we're the tied. journey back. <sighs> Sad hours. It's it's all right though. It's all right. But my question is to you, Mike. Are the reigning Western Conference champions, with them looking unstoppable right now, do you think they can maybe have a better record at the end of the season than the ninety five Bulls or even the twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen Warriors? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. There's no way the Suns are ever going to reach something like that. They're not a bad team, but for one, they don't have a top five guy in the league on their team right now. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are both really good, not top five guys. Both Golden State and Chicago had two top, uh, both had a top 20 to 25 player of all time, and Jordan, who's the GOAT, and then Steph Curry, who's one of the 25 greatest players ever. Um, knock on wood. But CP3 has been injured basically every year for the last 10 years other than his year in Oklahoma City, which, you know, the plant-based diet and the bubble and some different things, it was a little bit different circumstances. But other than that, he's been injured basically every year. So it's reasonable to assume a guy with this many miles and an injury risk, injury history might be at risk. And then also, you know, they're just they're a great team and a team that looks like they could win a championship. I picked them to be in the finals in the preseason in one of our earlier earliest pods. But if you're talking about the, you're talking right now about the greatest regular season teams in NBA history, and I think that bar is just a little bit too high for the Suns team to reach. Do you think is that's the fact that they're facing more talent in the West or like in the overall league, or is like what's why do you think that the league's really talented? But also, I just don't think the Suns team is as talented as those other two teams. But, I mean, although, like you mentioned, they don't have a top-five player, they work well together, like, as a unit. I mean, they got these, aside from their backcourt, these solid uh, role players in Michael Bridges, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, you know, they got campaign off the bench. I, 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 I feel like they could have maybe not surpassed them, but they can maybe get, like, a game or two behind those historic teams that I mentioned. I'd be shocked. I'd be really, really surprised. I mean, you have Jordan over CP3, Pippen over Booker, Curry over CP3, Clay over Booker. Like, those other teams have the best players in all those matchups. Those That Bulls team, they had Horace Grant, too, I think. They have three Hall of Famers maybe on that team and three Hall of Famers on that Warriors team. There's maybe one and a half Hall of Famers on the Suns team right now. I mean, Devin Booker will probably, he's on pace, but Chris Paul's the only lock right now. I listened to what you said. I don't think Horace Grant was on that 95 team. Was he I 72? Think, was that Rodman? Yeah. Okay, still another Hall of Famer. Yeah, but I just wanted to correct you on that. that was my I, I appreciate yeah. it. We Film we want to get the facts there. Feel me? That's what, that's what real the journalism worm? is. Yes, big that's J it. journalism here. <laughs> but this Suns team is really good, and I don't want to feel like I'm just 
crapping on them or don't think they're good because they are a team that can win a championship this year, but you're comparing them to the two greatest regular season teams of all time and two of the greatest team, uh, and in, in the Bulls' case, maybe the greatest team in NBA history. It's it's a high level. It's a high cutoff. It's like saying insert player isn't as good as Steph, Giannis, and KD. It's like, well, who is? Yeah. But, I mean, it's definitely a stretch. I mean, they're winning 17 straight. They face the Warriors again tomorrow night, I believe. So, let's see what happens. Are you a believer in the Suns that they could do it? What's what's the path? The path? I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be tough because you got to understand – the comp that's in the Western Conference right now. I mean, you got the Warriors that are balling right now. You got Utah Jazz that's balling. You got the Mavs. You got the Clippers. It's that's stacked. That's just in the Western Conference alone. I mean, you look at the uh the east side of it. You got Chicago turning up. You got Miami. You got even Washington's turning up. You got ATL, uh, Milwaukee, Philly. You got all these teams. It's definitely tough, but I feel like with Devin Booker leading the way, I feel like this can be possible. So, I mean, I feel like we're with Devin Booker, we're seeing the next Kobe Bryant. So, I mean, I feel like if anybody's capable of doing it, he could do it. That, that's high praise. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think he's – You didn't see his performance in the finals last season? I did. I don't think he was going to get to Kobe. I mean, Kobe's a top 10, 15 player ever. I don't, I, okay, not as great as Kobe, but I'm saying the next coming, like the next the next copy cart. Co- copy, co- carbon copy of Kobe. Who's more Kobe? Co- uh, <laughs> who's more Kobe? <laughs> Kobe or Kobe? No. Who's more like Kobe? Devin Booker or Tatum? That's tough because, I mean, Jay Tatum got his footwork, but Devin Booker got his th- his scoring ability. So They're I mean, both really good scores. They definitely picked different pieces of Kobe's game, but I'm gonna have to right now. I'm gonna have to go with D book. I don't disagree. You're probably a bigger Kobe historian than me, but I don't know. There's there's something missing from Devin Booker on this thing. I think maybe maybe it's on the defensive side. Maybe he just has because he's a really good three point shooter, but the numbers don't always reflect that. There there's something missing to his game if he wants to get there. And then Chris Paul at 36, 37 years old can't be your best player. Right. He can't be your most important player. We'll see, though. I mean, like I said, the Suns are balling right now. They are 17 straight. They ran in Western Conference champions. They they balling right now. They yeah, got, they might be the favorite to go into the finals again this year. And, I mean, they got, you know, the NBA's best YouTuber in JaVale McGee as the backup center. He's, he, hey, my man is – I a, like him on that roster. I, I, I'm actually a big fan of JaVale McGee and where he's taking his game. I mean – this guy, he's been a great piece for those that Laker team in the bubble. I mean, on the Warriors back way back then, he was a great piece for them. I mean, he was on that Olympic team. This is a guy who knows how to win. So I mean, well, he just knows his role. Like the thing we talked about with Darius Baisley, Javale McGee knows what his job is, and he knows what's expected of him every game, and he's able to do that. He doesn't go out of you know his comfort zone and what he's good at. So, yeah, shout-out to JaVale McGee, man. We rooting for you over here, bro. But, yeah, this is going to have to wrap up this episode of the Thundergrass Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Mike, what you got to say to the people, man? 
Man, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify. Make sure to keep up with our social medias, at the Thundergrads on Twitter, at the Thundergrads on Instagram. We're going to keep pumping out content. Thank you so much for listening. We are the Thundergrads. You are now dismissed from the platform.